Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Greetings and welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. We're so glad to have you a part of this. Today we're talking about gold, how to invest in gold specifically. So let's get right to it, shall we? All right, so first of all, there's always a debate swirling around gold when it comes to investing. Some people swear by gold and believe it is the answer to surviving the zombie apocalypse. Others say it simply doesn't have any cash flows and has produced poor returns. Whatever your view on gold, one thing is for sure. It does help in diversifying a portfolio. What we aren't going to do today in this podcast is debate the merits of investing in gold. There's already plenty on the internet about that. However, if you want a quick rundown of the pros and cons of gold, we do have a post on that at thecollegeinvestor.com. But today, we'll focus on how to get started investing in gold. We'll break the avenues of investing into two paths, paper and physical gold. Paper gold. So paper gold means investing in gold indirectly through stocks, ETFs, options, and futures. There are a few reasons to go this route versus investing in physical gold. No storage fee, lower transaction cost, liquidity, potential dividends or cash flows. For investors who want exposure to gold without any of the hassles that come with owning the physical asset, paper gold products are an excellent choice. So we just mentioned four asset classes. Let's go through each one to understand what's involved. Stocks and ETFs. This group has the cheapest transaction cost, zero, and are the simplest to invest in. You can invest in gold miner stocks and ETFs that track gold. Some ETFs, such as GLD, are backed by physical gold. Options. These are a little more advanced. Options use a lot of leverage. One options contract is equal to 100 shares of the underlying stock or ETF. Specifically, if you are buying options, You'll have to be careful about which strike you choose because they decay with time. Unlike a stock, where you can continue holding the shares, an option will eventually expire, which can mean losing all of your investment. Futures So, of all the choices, this is the most advanced. Futures are the closest you'll get to trading physical gold without owning physical gold. In the section on physical gold that follows, spot price is mentioned a few times, the gold spot price is based on the gold futures contract price. Like options, futures are also highly leveraged and will eventually expire. You can also end up taking delivery of physical gold if you don't sell out of the futures contract before expiration. Let's talk about physical gold now. So owning physical gold has a bit of a mystique to it. Kind of looks cool. <laughs> Unlike paper products, you can touch physical gold. You can put it in your vault ship it off to be stored at a remote location, or dive in it like that duck on the DuckTales adventures. You can also trade it in secondary markets, too. I like the diving thing, though. Owning physical gold costs more than owning paper products, both in obtaining and storing it. First are the transaction costs. The price of physical gold is based on the spot price, which generally follows the gold futures contract. On top of the spot price is a markup by the gold dealer. That is basically the transaction cost. Although there may be a separate fee involved. 
these transaction costs are going to be much higher than any commissions you'll pay online for buying paper gold products. Next is the storage fee. You need to store your physical gold in a safe place. This means both a secure location and one that is safe from fire. You certainly don't want your gold melting in a fire. Some people choose to store their gold in a home safe. While that will save money on storage cost, it does leave the gold susceptible to high heat in the case of home fire. Instead of storing gold in a home safe, some choose to store it in a safe deposit box at a bank. While that might seem like a step up, the problem with safe deposit boxes is that the contents are not insurable. Additionally, if something happens to the contents of your safe deposit box, the bank is not liable. Yes, you have a key to your safe deposit box, and it must be used to open the box. However, there are many stories of people's safe deposit box contents mysteriously disappearing. There are also precious metal storage facilities. They specialize in the storage of gold, silver, and other precious metals. Some of these facilities can even buy your gold when you're ready to sell it. Some even offer insurance on your contents. While this might sound like a great option, it will be expensive. Unless you have tens of thousands of dollars in gold, this kind of storage may be impractical. As you can see, it isn't as simple as shoving your gold into a safe and calling it good. At some point, you'll want to sell your gold. Now you need to find a buyer. Here too, you'll incur high transaction costs. Also, nothing says the buyer has to pay the spot gold price, which means you might get a worse price. Gold paper products offer a simple, cost-effective way to invest in gold. Once you're ready and have done a lot of homework on storing physical gold, investing in gold bars or coins is another method for diversifying your gold assets and overall portfolio. And that's all we have for today. Just a quick one, but I hope it was helpful in case you were thinking about kicking around the idea of investing in gold and how cool it would be to swim in a bunch of gold coins. If you want to know more about this and even debate some about it too, you can find it at thecollegeinvestor.com. Thanks so much again, and we'll talk to you again real soon.